Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. character nothing personal word of the day for tuesday the last day of august we are heading into september folks we are two-thirds done with 2021 the word of the day is high character high character not a character who's high a high character a high character guy that's a buzzword in sports we're looking for high character guys to fit into this clubhouse or into this locker room leaders I would call them leaders. I didn't like saying high character because until you live with someone, how do you know whether they have a high character? You do your due diligence. You speak to other teams. You speak to the players who know the players. Try to get suggestions from your veteran players in terms of are they going to be a good fit in the clubhouse? Are they not? But I found that eight out of 10 times, they're not forthcoming with you. And you bring in guys you think are high character and they're medium to low character or sometimes no character. And it turns out that the wives are friends. So you do your due diligence as best you can, but in general, you are canoeing upstream like a salmon going to mate. And it doesn't work out. But you want to tell your fan base, yeah, we are really interested, especially now in this culture of woke. You want to say that character matters. You want to make people believe that, make your constituencies, your fans, your sponsors, et cetera. The Miami Dolphins and every other football team is pondering Deshaun Watson right now. This is a potential generational talent who is in the middle of what in baseball would have led to an administrative leave, what in football leads to nothing. He's being accused by 22 women of inappropriate behavior during massages. Did he do it? Did he not do it? We don't know. He's been accused. Innocent till proven guilty. We all believe it. You have to believe it. It's our right. It's your right. It's my right. We have the right. However, I also have the right to decide who's going to be on my team. You have the right as fans to decide who you're going to support. You have the right to decide where your disposable income goes. Does high character mean to you the world or is it wins? Is it playoff games? Is it Super Bowls? What's the job of your team? Is the job of your team? I heard it for so many years. Be better. You've got to win more games. You stink at your job. Thanks for the World Series. But what have you done for me lately? Dolphins fans are going on a full generation of failure. Steve Ross has had zero success since taking over the Dolphins from Wayne Huizenga. Zero. He's gotten a lot of great events to Pro Player Stadium, redone the stadium, used some public money. I'm in on all of it. But on the field, 
there have been struggles. He spent plenty of money, which should satisfy people, I guess. Spend money. Wouldn't you rather be a fan of the Rays who are so smart that they don't spend money, but they still win and they're the best team in baseball? Side note. So high character, Deshaun Watson. High character, Deshaun Watson. High character, Deshaun Watson? Brian Flores is the coach of the Dolphins, and rumors have been that the Dolphins are going to acquire Deshaun Watson, which is interesting because they've got Nick Saban's guys that are quarterback, Tua Tagliavoa. I'll never get that right, Coke. I'm sorry. I'm just going to call him TT. By the way, happy birthday to our TT at CBS. We've got our own TT. His name is Tommy Tran. Check him out. He's good. It's his birthday. Happy birthday. So two is the quarterback. He's drafted to be the next Dan Marino. I think they've had 20 next Dan Marinos. None of them have worked out. Two has been fine. Injured, played a little bit, replaced by Fitzmagic ready to start every game. All of a sudden, he's got to deal with rumors that Deshaun Watson is going to be a Dolphin. I have a way to see that Deshaun Watson is not going to be traded. Am I wrong? Is he going to be traded? Is someone possibly going to trade for Deshaun Watson? Well, it may be the Dolphins because Brian Flores, the coach, said the following. Here's a hint when you are about to do a transaction. We had a conversation. I'm going to do a little detour here. So stick with me. We had a conversation when discussing bringing in certain players. Yasel Puig is the one that comes to mind. And the discussion was, how do we want to present this? We could present him as a bringing a Cuban home to Miami, but Miami wasn't his home. We could discuss it as trying to get better on the field. We can discuss it as everybody deserves another chance and his talent is too good to pass up. We can discuss it as we have done our homework and decided that the juice is worth the squeeze and he will be a valuable addition to our team. We went through all of these decision-making points and chose not to go after him. The Dodgers, on the other hand, went through all the decision-making points and they signed Trevor Bauer. So every team has a different pain threshold as it relates to off the court versus on the court, off the field versus on the field. Talent versus risk, talent versus embarrassment. How are the Dodgers feeling as they calculated winning versus embarrassment with Trevor Bauer? They're totally on the embarrassment side of the scale right now. Is it gonna stop them going forward? No, because their calculus takes the embarrassment factor into very little account and takes the let's try to win, repeat, win factor into greater account. So Brian Flores said to us as Dolphins connoisseurs, there are a lot of things we weigh when we're making decisions. Fit on the team, overall talent, salary cap. When we're talking about a player, we're always trying to do what's best for the Dolphins. There are a lot of variables. We want a group, a group that is tough, smart, competitive, loves to play team first. We have a high standard for the people we have in the organization. Get ready. Here it is. We want people with high character throughout the building. Wait a second. Does high character then trump all the adjectives that came before? So you want high character over salary cap, overall talent, fit on the team. Do you want high character over tough, smart, competitive, loves to play team first? Hmm. 
high character throughout the building, does that mean non-uniform personnel? Is that a dig at the Washington football team who's trying to get higher character? I don't know. Huh. Do you know how quickly I would trade for Deshaun Watson if I were the Miami Dolphins? In infinity time. But what are they doing? They're calling Roger Goodell. You have to, any team that's interested. If you, by the way, on a total side note, if you are not interested in trading for a player like Deshaun Watson, why wouldn't you just come out and say it if you're the Dolphins? When you're meeting with your PR people and discussing how to deal with a PR issue and Deshaun Watson acquiring him, that is a PR issue that you have to deal with out front. You have to have your talking points ready. Step one of acquiring Deshaun Watson is not telling your fans that you want high character throughout the building. Now, is it possible that Deshaun Watson does have high character? Yes, but we don't know that right now. His character is in question. It doesn't mean it's low. It doesn't mean it's high. It means we don't know. And if you are trying to acquire players with only high character, you can't acquire a player where you don't know. And calling the Texans and asking, hey, is he a good guy? Is he high of character? NGE, not good enough. You can't go to your players who know him. You can't go to your owner who wants him. But what you don't do is make an early announcement that you like high character without the follow-up, which is, I've heard the rumors about Deshaun Watson. We are not engaged in trade talks with that team for that player. Say it. Tell your fans the truth. I would trade for Deshaun Watson in infinity, I said. I'm very interested to see what actually happens with that. You can't trade for the guy until you know if he's going to be suspended. Did Roger Goodell actually tell teams that we're not suspending him? And if he's charged, we'll wait and see what happens. But pending the outcome of the charges, he can still play. Or like in baseball, do you put him on an administrative leave, which is not negotiated with the union? Do you just tell the team don't play him? Hmm. Can he never play for Houston again? Teams have a funny way of dealing with good players who have problems because you have to decide when it's too much. And as an executive, I would wait to the last second. I would test the parameters of too much for a good player because I didn't want to sacrifice results on the field. For a lesser player, the threshold is less. And I'm good with that. Now that I'm not an executive, I'm not good with that. But currently, I'm good with that in the past tense. I understand what I was thinking as president of the team. I don't want to jettison a good player if that good player has a chance to still be good and the allegations against him are false. For a mediocre player who's accused of something, not the third rail type of thing, not underage sex, not trafficking, not assault, not domestic violence, but some of the lesser things, I still let a lesser player go, but a greater player stay. 
The Dodgers had a fight and claw before they said, yeah, we're not going to pitch Bauer. We'll let MLB decide. It seems like the Dolphins are in a position where they're so desperate to win that they'll take any upgrade they can. They signed this guy. I don't know if you even witnessed it. Will Fuller this offseason. Remember that guy? He actually used to play for the Texans. He was suspended six games for performance-enhancing drugs last year. Obviously, Brian Flores has decided that high character and drug use are not the same. They're not equivalent. High character and sexual abuse and harassment, those don't go together. I guess I would have asked Brian what his definition of high character is. It would have been interesting to hear his response. It seems like media members give coaches a pass all the time when they speak or executives. I got a pass for media members so many times I can't even tell you. When I would say something so patently ridiculous, all for the cause. I knew exactly what I was saying at all times because the mouth is behind the brain. But I can tell you that I would say things saying, wow, is the media not paying attention? Because I just said something about a player or a situation that is such horse hockey, yet no one says the follow-up question. When Brian Flores is giving a press conference and talks about high character and you don't say, well, you're happy to have PD guys. Shouldn't let him get away with that. The Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, I'm giving you a standing ovation. Thank you so much. You guys are on the Mount Rushmore of content along with Steve Cohn, Jerry Jones, Daniel Snyder. The Angels provide great content. Thank you. 434 regular Nothing Personal episodes in. Word comes out yesterday from Joe Madden, the manager of the Angels, who was brought in on the hope that he could somehow not be a part of wasting two generational talents. Mike Trout, Shohei Otani maybe get them to October with his World Series pedigree with the Chicago Billy Goats. But he's had the same issues. It turns out that you need better players, not better managers. Mike Trout hurt his calf. When did he hurt it, Coca? I'm going to say he hasn't played since May, but I could be wrong. It could be June. I can't keep track of the months anymore. He's been out for a very long time. He was trying to come back. He's having some more soreness. And the Angels sent Joe Madden. Remember the Angels? They're the king of sending the different people to speak. They've got spokesmen who say certain things. Then the team president, sometimes the owner. And they do exactly what we did, which is you choose who's going to say what, when, where. And it's all to manipulate you and how you view our team and how you view the person who's giving the message. Joe Madden has this view this comfort feeling from the fans. We love you, Joe. Whatever you say, Joe, makes it okay. So they sent Joe out to say, hey, it's possible that Trout, who last played May 17th, is not going to play again this season. On the same night, when Cheo Otani hit his major league leading 42nd home run off, you guessed it, Andrew Heaney, our former first-round pick, who's a home run giver-upper. Coca, do you remember when we talked about the Yankees acquiring Andrew Heaney and we said, ooh, That guy gives up way too many home runs to be a big deadline acquisition for the Yankees. Well, he came in to back up Corey Kluber last night, gave up a home run. Stanton tied the game, but the Angels eventually won. Otani continues to hit, but he's not pitching. Got hit in the hand. Here's a question, and we've brought up Otani. He broke his record. 
He's the first Angels player. I have to remember if I'm going to get this right from two in the morning. I believe he's the first Angels player with 40 home runs and 20 stolen bases. He also has the third most home runs ever by an Angel in a season behind only Troy Glaus and another guy, Mike Trout. Those are the two guys. Thank you, Matt. So we're talking about a pitcher who has a chance to be the all-time season record holder for a not new franchise. We're talking about a pitcher who can run, a pitcher who can hit. We're talking about a pitcher who can pitch. And we're talking about a team that can't win. So the front office is looking at their team nine and a half games back of the wild card, knowing it's over. The search is over. The search for October is over for the Angels. They're going to sit down. And I've got a few suggestions for you. As you're putting your team together next season, you're looking at your payroll. Start by sitting down with your owner, Artie Moreno, and saying, good He'll really appreciate that Yiddish word. I refuse to have another offseason as every other offseason is gone. I refuse to sign the best free agent position player hoping that we can club teams into submission. I am going to suggest to you that we do something different. We listen to our baseball people. Artie, I know this is going to sound strange. But do you think that the way you're operating the team is working? You may fire me right now, and I'm okay with that. But do you realize the lack of success we have with the type of players we have? What's missing? What's the issue? The issue is you, Artie. The issue is your inability to let the team operate as a team. It's the culture that has been created. It's the laissez-faire attitude where there's no sense of urgency because of the star power on the team. And every year it leads us onto the couch. It's so frustrating for me. What I would have given to have Mike Trout on one of our teams. I mean, we had so much talent on our teams and we still couldn't win. So I get it because you need pitching. I get how hard it is, but we were always operating on low budgets, low payrolls. It's not like the angels are skimping by. Their payrolls are super high, full of character. I'm going to do a wait to see because there's been no official announcement from the angels. So here it goes. Wait to see. Mike Trout will not play again this season. And if I'm the front office, I don't let him to play this. I don't let him play this season because why? There's only a certain number of games that a player can play at his peak. I'm not pitching Shohei for the rest of the season. And I'm not playing Mike Trout. Why would I waste pitches in an arm that already had Tommy John in games that don't matter? Hmm. I never got my owner or GM to agree with me on that because it feels so good to win 
in the current because you still have the dream that you're not eliminated. But next year is now. It's August, It's September 1 tomorrow. September, October, November, December, January, February. Six months. They're going to be inside spring training. Games will be played in six months. Spring training games. Give Otani a rest. Let him hit. Let him break the franchise record. Let Trout have a normal offseason. It's not like you bring a player back, which we would do and many teams do when you've got to prove health. You don't know whether you're going to resign him. You want to trade him to get the payroll off your team. So you want him to come back and prove health so he can be traded. You want to decide whether you're going to release him. Mike Trout is signed. You're not doing anything with him, but seeing him next spring. That's an official wait to see, I think, Coca. Mike Trout is not going to get another at-bat, and I'm going to add another one. Shohei Otani will not pitch again this year. I don't know that that's going to come true, but I want to make it an official wait to see because that's what I would do with him. Okay, Coca, you're not going to let me go to break. I think you should let me go to break. Let's review Val when we come back from the break, and then I want to talk about what happened with Bishop Sycamore. We're going to get to that because that was an insane story. If you haven't heard it, you're going to want to stick around. We will be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. I'm David. Thanks for making it through the gauntlet. Thank you for rating, reviewing, following, subscribing. Tell, tell your friends about Nothing Personal. Spread the word because we had another great month of August because of you. We continue to outperform CBS's expectations, spreading our wings in ways that they did not expect. Today marked the seventh straight month that CBS did not call me about a topic or about something I said which coincidentally is seven straight months of record-breaking audience. They were more than happy to call when we were still growing the audience, but we are still growing. When we were getting a critical mass. David, I don't think you should talk about that. Really? Okay. So we watch a movie every day. I watched a documentary that was suggested by you. You know I keep a list of listeners of Nothing Personal and viewers if you're on YouTube. How are you? I'm going with the black shirt and the salmon color jacket. I hope that you caught that if you're watching this, the salmon color jacket with the salmon swimming upstream. That was a purposeful literation. Shocking that every word of my mouth is purposeful. You've gotten to know that. So you give me suggestions for movies. I keep track. Someone suggested I watch Val. I was always going to watch it. It's a new documentary on uh, Amazon, I believe. Val Kilmer was not my favorite character in Top Gun. He's not been my favorite Batman. He was my favorite Jim Morrison. I absolutely loved The Doors, directed by Oliver Stone. Fascinating actor. I only knew a little bit about his story because he's been this mysterious, is he alive, is he dead? He won't be seen in public, then he is seen in public. Is he sick? What happened to him? Did he get the Michael Douglas thing? Did he not? 
I had no idea that Val Kilmer spent his entire career videotaping everything he was doing. I didn't realize that Val Kilmer, what's the word? Oh, come on, Coca. Cataloging? That's not what it is. When you are taking video of your whole life, there's a word for it. Oh, my God. Come on, David. It's Tuesday only. Rats. Do you have it, Coca? Do you know the word? What is it? When you take a, when you're, when you're cataloging your whole life, which will be good for a show. No, whatever. I'm moving on. So he's got all of this video of him as a kid. He has video of him on sets with Tom Cruise as Jim Morrison. He was always taking videos. He was in this movie where he became known as a difficult actor to work with. And the director of the movie kept saying, stop videoing. He said, you start being a good director. And this whole documentary goes through his life, the ups, the downs, the sickness. He, he leans into his sickness. He can't talk without pressing his throat, the hole in his throat. So he sounds different than he ever sounded. And to watch his career, to watch him, I was both struck by how sad I felt for him, for his sickness, to my amazement with how talented he was. I did not realize his background and his talent. Check out Val. Val. Really, you're going to want to see it. All right, Coca, someone asked an interesting question that I think would fit well right now. You know what I want? I want to talk to Samson. Welcome to the show, Coca. Thank you for that. One button you got to press. It's one button. So you want to talk to Samson. That comes from a movie, Half-Baked. Ask me a question on Twitter. Follow me at David P. Samson. We have fun on Twitter. Once in a while, I get Coca's approval before sending something, but generally, I'm filterless. If I think of something that makes me laugh, I'm going to tweet it out. David P. Sampson, you ask a question and we'll try to cover it during a show. What's the conversation like when cutting a player? The NFL did, rust, did roster cuts recently. Did you ever work with a player to find a new team? That's a very nice question asked by someone who may not have any understanding of what goes on with players you are getting rid of because in a world full of strawberry fields forever you'd like to believe that we sit with a player we're getting rid of saying what do you think about possibly the ravens or the texans or the dolphins i'm very sorry that you don't fit in with the eagles and we're going to release you but we're going to work with you like george clooney in up in the air here's your packet with other teams, you're gonna hear from us later. Do you actually follow up? No, what would be the good of that? I'm quoting Jason Reitman's film, one of my all-time favorites. Do you know why we don't work with players to find the new team? Because we don't care if they find the new team. When you cut someone who has guaranteed money left, when they sign, you get an offset only of the league minimum. So it's barely worth talking about. If you're cutting someone who has no future guaranteed money, then it doesn't matter. When you're cutting someone who has future guaranteed money, wait a minute, you have to pay anyway, so it doesn't matter. When you're cutting someone who's been a staple of the franchise, you're doing it because they stink. 
Maybe the angels. Oh, I know what the angels did. You're totally right, whoever asked this question. Thank you. My bad. When the angels were cutting Albert Pujols, they said, let me help you sign with the Dodgers. <laughs> yes, you're right about that. How about the first part of the question? Maybe that'll be better. What's the conversation like when cutting a player? Here's how it goes. After a game, you go into the clubhouse. You go into the manager's office. You're with the GM. You're the president of the team. The manager comes in after the game. You give him a minute to cool down because it's likely after a loss, at least 81 times a year if you're the Marlins. I'm guilty of that. Didn't finish 500 after 2009. I haven't counted my career record, Coca, but I guarantee I'm under 500 in my career in my 18 years because the two Expo seasons were terrible, like 68 wins each year. And then with the Marlins, we did win 91 and 03. We were above 500 for a bunch of years in a row, but only four or five games over. And that year we lost a hundo. That's it, right? You go 62 and a hundo, that's 38 under. That wipes away everything. Someone out there is going to do my calculation, I'm sure. Expos in 00 and 01, Marlins 02 through 17. I must have won and lost a thousand games, but my guess is that I lost way more than I won. Anyway, I don't know why I was just talking about that. So you bring a player in likely after a loss. So let me, let me uh, cut that Coca. Ready? Let me, let me get organized here. I went on a detour and I lost my place. Okay. Ready? 28, 48, 69. Now the first part of your question said, what's the conversation like when cutting the player? So I would go into the clubhouse, into the manager's office right before the end of a game, because I don't want to walk in as the players are walking in, I want to have myself positioned inside the manager's office. We know we're going to make the player move because we decided prior to the game that that move is going to be made. We may or may not have told the manager prior to the game. Nine out of 10 times we did. And so the plan would be to meet the manager after the game. So we're in the manager's office, comes in, we give him a minute, if we lost, the manager is very pissed walking off the field. He'll put down the lineup card that he holds, the, the handheld lineup card. He'll put the pen down. He'll take off his uniform top. He'll sit in his chair. He'll open a beer, be despondent, and then we'll be sitting there. He'll want us to leave, but we don't leave. And then we'll say, hey, you know, we got to get rid of this player. Okay, let's do it right now. And we want to get the player before he showers. Because after a player showers, they can get dressed and get out of the clubhouse so fast your head will spin. And I don't want players in towels with wet hair walking into the manager's office. So what we do is, if it's a pitcher, we ask the pitching coach to go into the clubhouse and get the player. If it's a hitter, we ask the hitting coach. If it's someone where it's going to be a difficult conversation, we sometimes will have the clubhouse guy do it. Because when a player is approached after a game to go into the manager's office, there are only three things that could happen. One, you are being sent down to the minors. If you are a longtime major leaguer with a guaranteed contract, you do not consider that as a possibility. If you are a young player, you do consider that. That's one. Two, you have been traded. Three, you are being released. You're never brought in right after a game, never say never, because 
around the All-Star game, we bring players in to say, hey, you're an All-Star. Put your clothes on. Get paid. Hey, now. So we'll do that. But if it's not right around when All-Star lineups are being announced, then players know it's not that. So when a player gets tapped on the shoulder, it's not like in Major League where they put a red card in the locker, which means you're cut. You just get tapped on the shoulder and you're told, go to the manager's office. So the player walks in the manager's office and we sit in a way that the player knows exactly where to sit when the player walks in. Player sits down and we have decided beforehand who is going to tell the player what's going on. Sometimes it's the manager. Sometimes it's the general manager. How do we decide? A player who is young, who is being sent down for roster management purposes because a new injured pitcher who is part of the team is now ready to come off the injured list or a position player is ready to come off the injured list or we've made an acquisition of a known player and all the players know that a roster move is coming and the young players who have options left know they have options left, which means they know that they are subject to being sent down to the minor leagues. When it's something that is expected, the manager will give the news. And the manager will say, hey, we're going to send you back to Albuquerque, New Orleans, wherever AAA is, or sometimes AA, but mostly AAA. But go down there and keep working. Thank you for everything you did. Take care. You never say, we'll see you soon. You never say, sorry. You just tell the player what happened. If it is a longtime player like an Albert Pujols or a veteran who you are asking to come into the clubhouse to release, end of the career, you bring the player in and the president of baseball ops does that one. Hey, Albert, we want to talk to you because we're going to take you off the roster. And here's why. We want to make this as comfortable for you as possible. If you want to meet the media, fine. We are going to tell the media the following that we are making this move in the best interest of the team. And we are very appreciative for the years you spent. But you still tell the player first, we're taking you off the roster. So the conversation about cutting a player, my way of doing it was to always start with the end. I have been a part of conversations where people give a laundry list of an explanation before saying what's going to happen trying to buttress their argument for a conclusion. I always like starting at the end. And the reason I like starting at the end is I think it's disingenuous to talk to a player about, hey, your curveball really has been improving. Very pleased with your velocity. By the way, we're sending you down to double A. I always like starting with the conclusion because every time you cut a player, every time you send a player down, you're also open to a grievance, so I want it to be very clear. When we were talking about this topic, you know how nothing personal goes, right? Coco and I talk about the show the night before, we talk about the show the morning of the show, and Coco will tell me things that are in his mind about the subjects, things that are in my mind, we'll go back and forth. And when we decided that high character was gonna be the word of the day, Coca wanted me to try to tie in high character into the so you want to talk to Samson conversation about cutting a player. Like when you're cutting a player who has high character, do you say anything differently? Or do you tell a player, hey, we love you. You've got high character. 
but we're going to release you because you've got low performance. The answer to that is an unequivocal, no chance toilet pants. We don't talk about character. We don't talk about results. When I cut a player, we just talk about conclusions. You are being released. We don't say you're being released because you didn't get a hit with the runner on second and no outs in the top of the 10th. We don't say you're being released because the owner wants you released. We don't say you're being released because we have a roster situation, a roster spot situation. We don't say you're being released because we misscouted you. We just say you're being released. Take care. Thank you. Does that sound harsh to you? It really shouldn't because it's not harsh. Nothing personal pick of the day. We're hot. I don't know how hot we are, but we're up to 110 and 91. We're back to 19 games over 500. The Rays beat the Red Sox. I hope you are believers now. It's possible we're looking at a Rays Dodgers World Series part de. I promise you Blake Snell will get to pitch the seventh inning this year in the World Series for the Rays. 110 and 91. We got a big series going on in the National League. We got the Dodgers and the Braves. Walker Bueller is pitching against Charlie Morton. Charlie Morton has been a steadying force in the rotation for the Braves. The Braves are still hanging on to first place. The Dodgers are now one and a half back of the Giants. The Giants are playing the Brewers. The Giants just put Al Cueto and not Al Cueto, Johnny Cueto. Al Cueto may be a guy from Miami. What's the name of the of the uh, total recall stomach guy? I think that was Cueto also. Anyway, Johnny Cueto and tonight's starting pitcher Alex Wood were both put on the COVID list. Guess what that means? TBA is facing the Brewers. But Bueller has been working his way toward a Cy Young. Take the Dodgers. Lay the 170. It's well worth it. Dodgers over the Braves. Nothing personal. Pick of the day. All right. Bishop Sycamore. Have you heard the story? Bishop Sycamore is a high school team. Unclear whether any of the players are in high school. Unclear whether it's actually a high school. What is clear is that Bishop Sycamore took on IMG, which if you don't know IMG, you've never been to Tampa, the Tampa Bradenton area. IMG is an academy where people go there to live. It's like boarding school for athletes where you play baseball, you play football, and you end up having successful college and sometimes pro careers. It's for kids who really want to immerse themselves in sports. Think of the old Nick Boletary Tennis Academy back in the day. Back in my day, there was a Nick Boletary Tennis Academy that has since been bought out by IMG. IMG built this incredible fortress of an academy across Alligator Alley in Florida where they play golf and tennis and the kids play baseball and basketball and football, yada, yada. Meanwhile, their high school football team is good, like nationally ranked good. And ESPN is so desperate, as are all the networks for content, that they're showing high school football. Now, that's not desperate in ESPN's mind because you, the audience, has such an appetite for recruiting. There's like CBS does shows on where these high school school five-star recruits are going to go. Where are they going? Oh, this guy went to Memphis. This guy went to Bama. The recruiting class for West Virginia has been top notch. So these high school players, basically, it's, it's like the flow of attention. We have such a crave for content. 
that it's not just we're following professional NFL players. We want to know what college they go to. It's not just we want to know what college they go to. We want to know when they decide they're going to college. We're going to do an entire TV series and moment about where these breaking news kids go. IMG kids commit to great places. Bishop Sycamore kids are all Division One bound, so they claim. But ESPN and other networks are going to show these high school games because of you. So we're putting these 17-year-olds and 16-year-olds and 18-year-olds in the spotlight because of you. I'm in. But if you're going to pay money to get ESPN, you want content. If you're going to pay to get Paramount Plus, you need content. That's why I love that we have content for you because people pay for our content. So the networks say, we're going to show some high school games, but they don't know who the hell to show. So what the networks do is they hire someone to set up these high school showcase games that we can show on television so we can charge the rates we do to you, the subscriber, so we can feed your insatiable appetite for children. And then we wonder how it can happen that a school gets on TV that doesn't have actual players who can play, who violate every rule, who may have played a game on Friday and then Sunday, who may not have actual players at all, who have no depth on their roster, who have no team potentially, and it's not an actual high school. Now ESPN is running for cover, blaming everyone they can. We didn't set up the game. We hired a company called Paragon to set up the game. They set up the game. It's their fault. But we're going to pay much more attention to the teams we have on our network now. When you have a pro contract, you don't have to worry. You've got the Giants playing the Ravens. Those are going to be professional teams. You go down to the G League, the developmental league, college. You generally have an idea of the programs. But high school? High school? You can't be responsible to know whether or not these players are good. You can't be responsible to know whether these players are actual players. That's like broadcasting Little League World Series and saying, whoa, that guy looks like he's 18 years old. Is that a mustache? Is he having beer in the dugout? You ask for forgiveness later, not for permission now. You don't ask for birth certificates of the players in the Little League World Series. If you're broadcasting the Little League World Series and you bring your A team of broadcasters because it's one of the events that you want to showcase. If you're a network, you do not ask too many extra questions. Even if you hear rumors, you've got a job to do. You've got content to produce. You've got content to put on your network. Is it the responsibility of these networks to vet these programs? The high school programs? Absolutely not. What's all the hubbub about? You're worried that the kids could have been injured? You're worried that IMG played a non-competitive team and won the game 58 to nothing? The people who are watching the high school games on the networks are not focused on that fact. They don't care about that fact. Therefore, the behavior of the networks is not going to change. Now, of course, when college programs have recruiting violations and get suspended, they lose scholarships, lose bowl victories. All of a sudden, the networks say, you know what? We're not going to show you anymore. 
ha, ha. Can you imagine a network saying to an SEC team, listen, I know that you guys have violated a bunch of rules, and we, as a result, we just can't show your games. You have a better chance of seeing the apocalypse than you do have seen a network turn down a team because of recruiting violations, because of domestic violence, because of a, a program that is not a real program. They pass on their embarrassment to a promoter. They cry, mea culpa. We didn't know. How could we have known? And then they show the team again. And then they do the same thing again. Do you blame them? We've created this. You, me, we've done it. Just wait. One day it's going to be too much, right? One day the NFL is going to get backlash, won't it? For all the people they allow to play with domestic violence charges, if not just accusations, if not actual charges. What about the backlash that comes from fans when teams, there's kneeling for the national anthem. Teams have players who violate performance enhancing drugs, domestic violence. Hmm. Wait a minute, there is no backlash. There's no backlash because you have informed us as executives what you want. High character? That's true. You want 26 high character guys and to lose 100 games. How could I be so silly as to think it was anything else? Come on. You want to win. Thanks for being here. It's just wins for you. This is nothing personal. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.